0: You're listening to a BGE podcast.
1: Oh, all right, folks. It's another episode of the Blind Grilling Experience. My name is Chris Peltz, and I am the most interesting griller in the world. I'll get it right here in just a minute. And, of course, we got with us once again Mr. John Grimes down in Texas. John, how you doing, man?
0: Hey, Chris. I'm tremendous. Great to be here with you. Sweet, sweet.
1: Yeah, man, it's uh, good to have you. I'm glad you're able to make it and be back on with us. And i got a few things I want to talk about with you as far as grilling and some other projects that uh, you're going to be, you've got going on, uh, your latest release of your podcast, Ambiguously Blind, uh, with uh, something I know a lot of blind folks are talking about when it comes to, audio description in movies, and so that's something I think uh, you're going to be talking about, and you had a, in fact, you had a podcast not long ago talking about that uh, with Ren Leach, which I'd recommend folks go back and listen on Ambiguously Blind podcast um, uh, about some audio description, but uh, you got, you just released another uh, podcast with a little bit of uh, audio description talk.
0: We did, yeah, so I, I love a audio description. it's it's really kind of, I don't know, audio description 2.0. It's really developing. Things are happening quick in that space, and it's becoming much more of a I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's just getting a lot better. And actually tomorrow, Chris, I have a uh, podcast episode dropping with uh, Thomas Reed, who's a super interesting guy, a guy that I really like. He has a podcast of his own called uh, Read My Mind Radio, Thomas Reed. His name is, it's R-E-I-D, so it's kind of a play on words, but he's a super cool guy. He does audio description, and um, I talk about that with him, and uh, he's also a girl dad, so we get into some of those kind of things as well and some other (laughs) other topics, but you're a girl dad. You know. Yeah, oh, yeah,
1: oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I had a lot of
0: fun with Thomas, and that that drops tomorrow, so yeah. Sweet, okay,
1: yeah. All right, so folks, check out Ambiguously Blind and uh, with uh, John Grimes and uh, all the wonderful and great guests that he has. But especially if you're interested in audio description, be sure and check that out. Folks, if you want to send us an email, blindgrilling at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. We've gotten some emails in. Folks just checking in saying, Hey, we got Scott Barlow down in Alabama uh, emailed us, and uh, just good to hear from him again. Uh, he was a follower of the of the YouTube channel and uh, and last uh, season of the Blind Grilling Experience podcast, and uh, so he's he's listening and uh, emailing and just letting us know how much he appreciates the the podcast. I and I appreciate that so very much. Um, we've got uh, Daniel in Illinois. He has emailed and has a couple of questions, John and. Um, a couple of these I'll, I'll take, um, and then I'll have you jump in on a couple as well. First of all, he asked about a top sirloin roast and he thinks he just w- overcooked it. Um, and more than likely, yeah, because, uh, a, a top sirloin roast, I would recommend really almost like a reverse sear, almost doing it like a tri-tip or a, a steak. Cause basically what you've got is a sirloin steak. That's just huge. <laughs> and so, uh, it really does well with a reverse sear if you take and do low and slow and bring it to about 130 degrees internal temp, uh, and maybe a 135 because uh, it's so lean, um, and then put a good sear on it to get it, you know, to a, a medium uh, to to medium well, uh, depending on how you like it, and then slice it up and, and you're good to go. That's, that's what I'd recommend on that. There's, there are definitely other ways to do it, but if you're going to do it on a smoker, that's how I would, uh, say to do a top sirloin, um, and, and treat it basically like a sirloin steak, uh, just, you know, two or three times bigger. So, uh, so that, that's one of the first things that he, he had asked, um, and another one, and John, this one's a little tough. You've got some vision, so that helps you just a little bit. But that is finding the fat cap on something like a pork butt, a Boston butt, or a, a brisket, a whole packer brisket. Um, the whole packer brisket is a little easier because you can you really feel the difference between the point and the flat. And when you're trimming it up, when you find all of that really hard fat that you're going to be cutting off, you know, that that's on the fat cap side. And so when you're trimming your brisket and you've got that really hard fat that you can feel, um, it, you know, that you're going to be cutting off and trimming, you know, that's, that's going to be the fat cap side. So as you cut that off and you start trimming down and squaring up your brisket, that's, uh, you know, if you can just keep track of that. Uh, On the big green egg, I smoke my uh, whole pack of briskets uh, fat cap up. um, And then the whole way, you know, for the first four hours unwrapped, and then I wrap them and I still leave them fat cap up. Um, But, uh, you know, uh, when you're trimming it, you can, you know, that's when you're going to find the difference. That hard fat that you want to trim off and you can really tell is going to be on the fat cap side. um, And so just keep track of that as you go. Um, The... And if you have something else on the brisket, John, jump on in. But no, uh, I don't. But on the
0: on the pork butt, yeah. you know, again, I have some vision, so I may not be the best uh, person to to answer this. But the it feels different. It feels different, and there's less fat on the the pork butt. But the shoulder blade, or the you know the the bone that's in there, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. I always orient it. where it's on my left and when it's on my left the way the the meat is always shaped i always know when the fat cap is also facing me so i just from doing it enough times i i i just know even without feeling it when the um in my case when the when the the bone is on the left hand side under the fat cap is up to me so that's that's just how i do it though
1: yeah yeah and and really, when you, you know, when you grab a package um, that's cryovac'd, right? So kind of like a vacuum seal, but a special vacuum seal. Um, what you'll find is just kind of how it sets. Usually, it's setting with the fat cap up, uh, but it, it does have a little bit different feel to it. it it's not. Uh, I don't think it's nearly as firm as the meat in and of itself. No, it's, it's much more gelatinous. Yeah, yeah. So, so that that's what I would say. Look for in that. Uh again I cook fat side up. I know some folks depending on the grill that they use and they, which they know their grill, they'll cook fat side down because it it kind of adds a little bit of protection if they have hot spots um and the heat coming up and so they they'll cook it down for um just just a a way of um oh I I mean protection I guess is only really a way I yeah, can just say kind of insulation from yeah, the heat. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly.
0: Well uh, I cook fat side up too away from the heat. Yeah, on the big green egg with the um, the what's the the heat the convector shield, the yeah convector plate or the uh, plate setter. Um, that's that's always how I cook it, and I kind of look for the kind of when the fat has a crack in it. Um, if you have some vision, you might be able to see that where that's kind of when I know it's done. Yeah, um, because I can see the separation. There's usually like a line where it separates somewhere, but um, I like pork butts, Chris, yeah. and, uh, yeah. I can't resist. I, I can't, <laughs> I like pork butts and I cannot lie. So <laughs> That's to, right. it seems like every time I do one of those, <laughs> I have to say that. So.
1: Yeah. Right. Now it, real quick, while we're on the subject of pork butts, because this is something I think, um, that I talk to a lot of people about, and I know you do too. Um, when it comes to the cook, you know, the, uh, the inclination is old school, low and slow, 220, 225 for two or three days a week (laughs) week. yeah Yeah, that's right and uh (laughs) and but you had a conversation with somebody and you kind of you rolled through how we go uh on our pork butts and uh you know just go ahead and run through that real quick
0: yeah well i told him the so i was talking to a friend of mine i never try to you know impose my position on things because everybody has their own way of doing things right but he asked and I told him we were, we were talking about pork butts and and it's probably my favorite thing to cook. I just love, as I mentioned, pork butts, you know, and I cannot lie. And they're, they're fun for me. They're super easy the way I do them. And I was telling him the way I do it. And I was, I was telling him in this particular cook that I was having some people over that day. And when I started it and he's like, wait a minute, you started it when, and you ate it, when I was like, well, yeah, yeah, and but he's like, well, how did that happen? I was like, well, I cooked it at three hundred degrees. You know, some people call that a turbo bud, or I, I don't know what the term is. Hot and fast, just, turbo. Yeah, Hot yeah. and fast. I just call it the Chris Peltz method, <laughs> the blind grilling method, because that's pretty much all I know, and it it's great. It works perfect. And he's, I can like, we're talking on the phone. And I can kind of hear him. He's thinking about. It. He's like, he's calculating in his mind. He's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try that. And that sounds interesting because I'd like to have my, most of my Saturday back. Yeah. Right. And he did it. And I got a, I got a message from him about, um, I was kind of tracking the cook with him that the day it was a Saturday, he was cooking it. And I was kind of tracking it with him, just to see how it was going. And he's like, I'm never going back. Yeah. This is, this is how I'm cooking my, and he he has it. He calls it the combination. It's 300, 160, 205. So he cooks it at 300 degrees till it hits 160. Internal. 160, Then he wraps yep. and he pulls it at 205. Yeah. And then you got the FTC um, process from there. I don't know that that can vary foil, um, towel, cooler. Some people, okay, do the FTC. okay. So you, I got um, you. The foil is the wrap, yeah, and then the um. Uh, the T would be the towel for insulating uh, the... towel, wrap it up after in, inside the foil and then yeah. in the cooler for a couple hours to rest, basically. Yeah. And um, I don't put mine in the cooler because I don't like cleaning my coolers. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so right. I do wrap it in a towel and I just leave it on the countertop for a few hours and it's, it's good to go. So yeah, he was impressed that I cooked an eight pound pork butt in the amount of time I did and had it for ready for dinner at the time. And he's like, I'm never going back this yeah. is it yeah i love it
1: and that's usually a, a seven hour cook give or take 30 yeah. minutes that, that on was either about side. yeah yeah yeah
0: eight eight pounds was um i put it on at um a little afternoon the day that when when i was telling him my cook mm-hmm. i had people over at 8 p.m i put it on at noon and it was ready at 8 p.m to yeah. eat. that's after like a two-hour rest yeah. The, uh, yeah yeah that's awesome
1: yeah. yeah, man, I, you know, folks can get their uh, get their days back. And, uh, you know, some folks really like the low and slow. And they and not, that's fine. Yeah, it's that's great. F- I'm absolutely. not saying it's wrong. It's absolutely. not wrong at all. Yeah, you can great, get great results no matter what. But for folks who just, you know, they just think it's going to take way too long, going to have to stay up all night, you, no, it, you don't have to. There's other ways to do it, and you can get just as good or, I think, even better results uh, with the 275 to 300 degree method, depending on what it is you're cooking, so um, that's yeah, that that would be my advice on that. And uh, uh, I, I'm gonna play around with figuring out the um, uh, the fat cap some more, see if I can find other ways to describe that. But that's that was that's a great question, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna mess around with that. That just means I gotta cook more. That's all that means. <laughs> good problem to good. have. Yeah, that's I like right. It. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, well, John, a couple of other things I want to get into um, today. I want to talk about binders. Uh, so uh, let's talk about binders to put rubs on meat. Uh, another thought that came in through our email uh, was about the word rub and what you should do when you're applying it, how you should apply it. Uh, so we'll, I want to talk a little bit about that. Very quickly, folks, if you got questions for Blind Grilling Experience, Shoot us an email, blindgrilling at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. We love getting all the, uh, the, the messages and uh, hearing about your cooks and everything that's going on. Uh, it's awesome. I really appreciate that. Also, I want to remind folks um, each Wednesday and Friday, we have special episodes that are dropping uh, each week. Uh, Wednesdays is going to be my story. Uh, where I go through some short stories of uh, you know just how I lost my sight and how I got to where I'm at today, and on Fridays we're going to be talking about uh, the weekend workshop cut straight. I'm calling our Friday edition, and we're going to talk about um, you know if you listened to last Friday you'll know that we talked about how I kind of got started in woodworking. What my experience is, was, or was not, as the case may be, uh, and um, and and we're just going to kind of go through that journey on Fridays. And so, if you're interested in that, be sure and and subscribe and share it out to everybody. But of course, every Monday we'll be here talking grilling and all the great things and great guests and and chit chatting with the with folks um, on Mondays for the blind grilling experience. All right again, blind grilling at gmail.com So John when it comes to binders uh, there's a couple that are pretty common right that uh, you hear a lot of folks using um, and and you use I mean you you use some of the the binders that are that are pretty common and, and that folks love really
0: I use olive oil and yellow mustard. Yeah. pretty much the only binders I use.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I hear a lot. I mean, that's what people go for um, a lot. Um, now, I don't know how long you've used mustard for a binder, um, but um, it's very popular, usually on ribs more than anything else I hear. But uh, one of the biggest questions is what about how it affects the flavor?
0: It didn't affect it at all. I was reluctant. I, I used olive oil for for the longest time. and I know you use uh, or at least have used uh, some sort of maybe grapeseed grapeseed oil. oil. Yeah, I use yeah. grapeseed oil. But that's just not something I have normally at yeah. home. Um, nothing wrong with grapeseed, and I've used grapeseed before and I've had it, but I just don't regularly have it. And you know, mama goes to the store. And I've I forget to tell her things, and you know we just it's like it's time to cook. I was like, oh, yeah,
1: yeah. okay. Uh-huh. So
0: that's kind of how the the yellow mustard thing. I'd heard lots of people use it. I've I've watched videos on YouTube yeah. people cooking do all with yellow mustard. I was like, and I like mustard. Yeah. I really like mustard. But I was like, you know, I don't think I want to put that much mustard <laughs> on on a piece of meat or something right, or right. that. But yeah, I will say the last. I don't know maybe six to twelve well not 12 but at least six to maybe ten pork butts I've cooked I've used yellow mustard and I I can't tell the difference at yeah. all yeah it, the there taste.
1: is yeah there it, it it's, does it's not pretty, pretty much have neutral, a flavor exactly. it's surprising I know isn't it though I, I and I I agree and and I'm not a big fan of mustard just not sh- like straight yellow mustard I mean I like hot mustard I like uh I, you know Chinese hot mustard I but I'm just not a big fan of just yellow mustard. Um, I mean, I have it on a burger and as you know, it, it, it not just, um, you know, it, it, I'm not, it's not an enemy to me or anything. I just, you know, just not one of the first things I would grab. Uh, I do use grapeseed oil and that's, you know, we just keep grapeseed oil here because I use it on just about everything. Um, uh, and uh, it, it it there is no flavor. I mean, just like with the olive oil, with the the mustard seed or the mustard, and the and the grapeseed oil, it, it does not leave um, you know any flavor behind. And, and they all work. Um, I have a preference for some reason. The best cooks that I've turned out have been with grapeseed oil, and so that's what I've stuck with. That's what I use on, like I said, on just about everything. Uh, with one exception, um, sometimes I grab duck fat spray, and if you duck can't fa- go wrong with that, yeah. <laughs> that's right, <Yeah. laughs> that's right. And I, like Especially I say so often, form, I mean, it's yeah. exactly duck fat spray in a can. I mean, woo, God bless America, right? Yeah, you gotta love America. Um, and if Duck Fat Spray ever wants to
0: sponsor this podcast, you can get in touch with me at blindgrilling at gmail dot com. But that's just not uh-huh. something I normally have. Not that it's right, real exotic. I'm sure you. It's can not. Get I mean, it, yeah, you can get
1: it everywhere. It, some yeah. WalMarts do sell it. Yeah, not all, but yeah. some do. Uh, our local grilling store, Pits and Grills, they sell it here, and so you know, um, we we pick it up. We we keep some on hand. It's awesome. I love it, and and it does a few things. And I'm going to talk about um, next week if, as long as I don't forget, I will have to. Um, make a mental note here. I'm going to talk about crispy chicken skin um, and, and Turkey and, and getting crispy skins on mm, poultry. That good. Yeah. So that'll be next week. Um, but I, I'll just a uh, uh, little sneak peek. Duck fat spray is a good way to that's do that. That's the key to that. Huh? That's, that's, that's one of them. That's one of them. Um, but we'll talk about the other and it kind of, uh, it, it, I think you'll, everyone will find it. in there. there's a couple of things that you can do for that. So that'll be next week's episode but um, but definitely the grapeseed oil I love when it comes to you know on beef on 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 pork ribs pork butt uh, that's what I use as a binder um, on all of my stuff uh, when it comes to that those types of cooks um, but one of the questions that came in was uh, you know there's there's talk out there in the barbecue world that you should not rub your rubs into the meat you just put it on top you know and some folks will say oh just just kind of pat it down mm-hmm, um yeah. or you know don't rub it in or or you know just various things there's all kinds of ideas that are out there i, I i'll tell you what i think I, and and then john you can and again here's the great thing about barbecue basically it's one big experiment <laughs> You know, all the
0: time. Yeah,
1: that's right. I mean, like we were talking about low and slow, hot and fast. You know, if it's something you want to do, then do it, and you'll find a way to get good results, right? Um, and when it comes to you know putting on your rub, you know, sprinkling it on, um, shaking it on, or uh, rubbing it in, um, there are some rubs that do work very well when it comes to rubbing into the meat. Um, you know, really separating some of the fibers, getting things down into the meat and into the fibers. And then there are others that, uh, in fact, there's one, Uncle Steve Shake. Uh, He had sent me some, um, some shakes. He didn't call them rubs. He calls them shakes because that one you don't rub in. You, you, you shake on sometimes after a cook, kind of like a, you know, after a cook is done before it it is served, you just, you know, shake a little bit on uh, for a little extra Kick and and you're good to go. Uh, But then there are other rubs that work really well with getting into the meat, uh, depending on what it is, especially if it's got a sugar in it or uh, more of a sweet. um, You know, if if it's more than salt and pepper uh, and salt, pepper, garlic kind of thing, then, uh, you know, it doesn't always hurt to rub it in. The thing is, you know, try it, see what happens, see what kind of results you get. Um, use a good binder that, like we've talked about. I'm going to stress grapeseed oil. That's my favorite. But you know, if you got mustard on hand, use it. If you got olive oil, use it. Um, but you know, put put your seasoning on, cook, and and see what happens. See what you think, and uh, you know, and
0: see what kind of results you get. Go ahead, John. I always think that uh, rub is not a good word to use. I don't. I don't know that I've ever actually rubbed. That stuff, a uh, uh, rub, if you will, on anything. I definitely will sprinkle, and I definitely pat. Yeah, yeah. But I've never actually like massaged. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or rubbed the seasoning in. And I feel like when you're, mm, and I don't do miss, and that's, I, and I guess
1: really when I say rub, I'm really thinking more of pat, maybe press a little bit sometimes, kind of push it in. I'm I'm not massaging the meat, you know. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, I definitely yeah.
0: pat and will run my hand over it to maybe kind of make it uniform. See if there's any like any high spots. Know, knock them. Yeah. Down, right. Yeah. Kind of level it yep. off and stuff. Yeah. But that's about as much pressure as I put on it. And um, I always feel like the word "rub" is not the right word to call that. So maybe what did you call it? What 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 did you call it? The pat it sprinkle. Yeah, well, it's shake, shake, yeah, shake. Yeah, yeah. That's probably a better word, but it doesn't sound as good, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and my my first experience as a as a you know way long time ago before I was really even barbecue and there's a place in Memphis called Rendezvous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the rendezvous. Barbecue and they have they're great have great ribs. Yep. And when we we were there, I was like a teenager, and we were there and and they they sell their stuff you know barbecue sauce and stuff like at the restaurant and they sell a, a shaker bottle of what's called rub what they call a rub and dry rub i think they call it and um we got some and we went home and made ribs at some point in the future and it's called it says it on the jar it's like rub and my dad's like sprinkling them on and I'm like well, don't you need to rub it in because it's called rub and he's like no 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 you don't you don't actually rub it yeah so i just you know, I don't know, but again, potato, potato to each their own, you know, it's yeah. whatever you, whatever you works for you, whatever you used to, whatever you like. And, um, what you know, going back to the binder thing, I like mustard. I really like mustard. Yeah. yeah. All different types of mustard. Um, and I felt like, because I like mustard, I felt like it probably worked, but I felt like maybe people that didn't like mustard or that weren't as enthusiastic about mustard as me may not like the meat because of you know, the mustard, but it's neutral. It is. It, yeah. it really it is. is. It's, yeah. it's, I, my mind is blown that it, you really can't taste the mustard. I know. It does a great job of, of binding or adhering that, you know, in air quotes rub yep. to the, to the meat. So, you know, rub it on, sprinkle it on, shake it on, whatever you do. Um, that, that's whatever you like, but I'm a, I'm a sprinkler and a patter. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's, and that's really, you know, patting it down. I that's probably the best way to describe what I'm doing uh, rather than I'm not, I'm not massaging it in uh, for sure. In in the rubbing that I do would be like you said, kind of knocking down the high spots and uh, you know, making it kind of uniform and even as best as I can. Um, it, but you really let the binder, I mean, that's why they call it a binder, right? Uh, it's really holding that rub onto the meat. And yeah, that's, the, that's its purpose. Is to you know let that rub adhere to the meat uh, and and stick to it and stay on there and so I'm just kind of pressing it down patting it down to um, making sure it grabs hold (laughs) really Uh, that's what that amounts to so Uh, but but the biggest thing with that you know and just like listening to us you know the biggest takeaway I think from all of this is the great thing about barbecue is you get to experiment and if you mess up. You can always do it again, do something different, until you get it right. And then when you get it right, guess what you get to do? You get to do that again and over and eat, over eat, and over. over right. and, you, you know oh, the recipe right. at that point. So exactly. yeah, exactly. So that that's what's awesome about cooking, about barbecue, and um, you know, it, it is always great. mean you know, it's great to ask these questions because um, I I ask the same questions. I've asked you know these same questions because I didn't know and and. Um, and then I hear all these guys, you know, given different ideas, different, you know, thoughts on it, and then you try them all out and you find out what works for you, what yeah, works best no for right you. there's no right answer. Yeah. Yep. So now there might be some wrong answers.
0: Yes. But,
1: <laughs> but, but there's not always a right answer. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Well said. That's right. Oh, man. So hopefully that helps. Again, uh, you know, if anybody's got more questions, uh, shoot us an email, blindgirling at gmail.com. We love getting the feedback from you guys. Let us know what you think about all of this, um, th- this kind of stuff. Uh, we did have another question. We, we were asked about cold smoking, and uh, this is going to be down the road a little bit on the podcast. I, and I don't know if, if you have had any interest in cold smoking,
0: John. I have seen it done. Yeah. I've watched some videos of people. Co- now, let's define cold smoking. That's like, like, not literally cold, but like uh, under two hundred degrees. No, maybe. no, 100 no,
1: degrees. under a hundred. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: yeah, no more than a hundred, and so it it's literally room temperature smoking. Yeah, is basically
0: what you're doing. And do like is that. Like, for, like, jerkies or, like, maybe cheese? cheese yeah, cheese. Yeah. Okay.
1: You can do bacon. You can do cheese. Um, and uh, sometimes if you've got, like, cured salmon or something like that or trout, you know, you can cold smoke it to get, get that mm-hmm. flavor in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, You can do just about anything that's already, you know, for the most cured, uh, if not cooked. Um, but, uh, but because I've gotten so many questions and to be honest with you, I really had no interest in it. I mean, I've been being asked this about cold smoking for at least four years, you know, going on, uh, hardly a month would go by that someone hasn't asked me about cold smoking. Well,
0: let's cold smoke then. I want to try it. I, well, I've just okay. never done it. So.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's experiment. 30 bucks. You can pick up and uh, it, now there's a brand on on um, I, I emailed this guy back I it, Daniel it emailed and asked about cold smoking I emailed him back and Amazon is the brand that I said A M A Z E N and that's what I picked up at the local grilling store well when I emailed him Amazon say that kind of fast with those letters it and with a screen reader it sounds Amazon. like Amazon. That's yeah. right. So he just jumped on Amazon and did a search for the these little pellet cold smoke yeah. tubes. And he found a different brand. I don't remember what the brand is. But I, he may have ordered it. So he's supposed to give me some feedback on that when he gets it. But I picked up the Amazing, um, uh Maze. They have different ones. They've got tubes. They've got expandable tubes. they got some that are 7 inches, 12 inches, out the 24 inches. Some of them expand from you know, like 7 to 14 or 12 to 18 inches, they can smoke for so long. But then they've got this little square thing that's like a little maze, almost like a corn maze, right? But you you load your pe- little pellets into this maze, you light one end and you stick it in the bottom of your smoker and put your cheese or something up on your cooking grate and in your cooking chamber. And it really doesn't produce any heat, you know, it just produces smoke. And it really... Is supposed to put that smoke flavor into you know whatever food you have up there. So, so I've got alder pellets and I've got pecan pellets. Um, they were out of uh, apple pellets, so I don't have any of that. But, um, but I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna give it a try, and I'll I'm gonna report back. It'll be a few weeks probably, but um, I'll report back on my effort at cold smoking and let you know what I think about it. And um, I'd like to try that too. I'm I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm on board.
0: Yeah. So I'll talk to you about that, um, outside of this podcast to make sure I have all my things set up and I'll get what I need. Yeah. But uh, I would. So are you going to do cheese?
1: Yeah, that's probably I'm going to do. I'm going to do some cheese. My wife had picked up some horseradish cheese at our local big uh, grocery store, and uh, High V. I think this is the grocery store is what it's called, and it was their brand of cheese, and it was it was horseradish cheese. It was so good. And the only thing I could think of, is the only thing that would make this better, is smoke. But I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, tell you, course, we yeah. uh, we had some college kids over, and we were we were grilling hamburgers, and we had this cheese, and even some of the the college girls, they were just they would taste that cheese and like, wow, that's really good. Yeah, let's put that on the burgers, and we did, and man, it was amazing. It was awesome. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna get some of that horseradish cheese, and I'm gonna smoke it. I'm gonna smoke it with some alderwood to begin with. Which is real subtle, and um, we'll see. I uh, we'll see how that goes. I'll do some cheddar and gouda and other things as well. I think, but I'm definitely going to do some of that horseradish cheese.
0: Okay, let's talk so. about that. I'll be back to talk about that too. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, man that that'll be great. Look forward to look forward to that discussion. So, but next week we will be talking about the uh, next Monday we'll be talking about the. Um, uh, I know I said it earlier. Oh, uh, crispy chicken skin or poultry skin, whether it's turkey or chicken, we're going to give uh, some tips and tricks, uh, to get that done and get that done right. And some, uh, results I think you guys will be amazed with even in some low and slow cooks, as well as the hot and fast cooks. Um, so stay tuned for that, uh, next week. And remember each Wednesday, uh, with a little 10-minute uh, story or so with some practical and maybe spiritual applications that we're going to make um, as we go through my sight loss journey. And then on Fridays, remember the Cut Straight episode weekend workshop as we get into some woodworking as well. Let me know what you think about all these podcasts, all of the uh, different topics, and uh, if there's something you want us to talk about, blindgrilling at gmail. Com. John, man, I really appreciate you coming on again and uh, love having you on, love chatting and
0: talking barbecue with you for sure. Yeah, Chris, great to be here. I'm uh, excited about it. And I'm ready for some cold smoked cheese. Yeah. yeah some right. crispy chicken skins, yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Uh,
1: we will, absolutely. All right, folks. Again, thanks for listening to the Blind Grilling Experience. Be sure and tell all your friends. Share it out to everybody you know. And... As always, remember, if you're looking, you ain't cooking.